and welcome to this Crazy Crockett Podcast. This is your boy, Crazy Dre. This is the first episode on this channel that I've created, and my name is Crazy Dre, and I also go by Crazy Crockett, and uh, I guess I'm going to really say this, that my first name is Andre, obviously, that's where you get Dre, Crazy Dre from, and uh, the reason why I wanted to create this podcast was uh, to uh, to have people like me who are disabled have a, a time and space to uh, uh, to be heard. And I don't think there's a lot of uh, people out there who are somewhat like me, who have some form of independence for my life. And I'm kind of a guy that is a person who who lives on his own, survives on my own, and I don't collect disability, and I don't collect Section 8, and I don't do any type of government uh, program to help me along my life. So I'm a lot different than most people who are disabled. So when I mean different, there are some people who are become disabled through an accident, a car accident, uh, anything tragic that happened to them. Maybe they got into a situation where they got into a fire. Or, um, maybe they lost their limbs through war. Or maybe they, or something happened along the way. But they were never born with a disability. So in my case, I was born with a disability. And... My story goes as simple as this. I was born, and then my parents decided to give me up, not as an adoption, but abandoned me. So the area where I was born was a place where it's very poor. And uh, the choices that people make when they're younger is that they either are a in a consensual sexual relationship and then one person becomes pregnant obviously and then the other person says no I can't have this so I was born in South America and in the late 70s this area was very uh, hostile towards it's a hostile environment and a lot of drug trafficking and a lot of prostitution and a lot of stuff was going on. So clearly I think people have said that my father, my birth father was a doctor. And then I was conceived by my father and my mother. My mother was probably a, a, a prostitute. And she probably kept me alive as a baby, as an infant, as a womb, as an embryo. And somewhere along the way through the pregnancy and childbirth or even after childbirth, I had I had a seizure or an episode or something happened. Maybe it was during childbirth and I didn't get enough oxygen. So that's one thing. I could have had a cerebral palsy. 
clearly my left hand and my left side is totally uh, disabled so I can't use my left hand at all so my fingers on my left hand are like just wobbling back and forth there's hardly any type of nerves and ligaments that are connected to my left hand properly so the if you're a neuroscientist there's no electrons if I'm correct being passed down to my left or my right hemisphere from my right hemisphere to my left part of my body so even when I walk I wobble and my back is constorted in a way that I'm walking straight but if I sit down my back is kind of like got some form of scoliosis I can't even pronounce that word right and that's another thing I have a problem with my um, the way I pronounce words so that all three things have come to play with this disability and I wanted people to kind of know what it's like to be disabled and not to be that smart and when I mean smart I mean like a book smart I think a lot of people think that if someone who is disabled physically their brain makes up the difference or their brain is somewhat disabled their body makes up the difference or their physical being of physical ability makes up the difference and that's not true in my case so I'm completely average or a little bit under average when it comes down to IQ I I have no way of having a decent job working with two hands and be able to keep up the work at a at a factory or warehouse and so on and so forth but I'm not smart enough to know any type of high intelli intelligent facts or information or computer programming the brain doesn't my brain doesn't work that well when it comes down to to receiving information for the first time and of course people would tell you why don't you just go to school get a degree and something and so on and so forth that's the second that's part of the problem it's not the second problem it's just a problem or a situation where my brain if I become overload and I'm taking three or four or five or classes and working full time, my brain just somewhat shuts down. And then it gets tired and I can't really concentrate, I can't really work, and so on and so forth. And then along the way, with being physical with being uh, not highly intelligent, I have a social uh disadvantage so men myself men who are born with a disability will will be somewhat by themselves we don't belong to nobody we like sports I like sports I like music but I can't play instruments and I like sports but I'm not good at it because I only got one good hand so baseball basketball football and any other sport 
and say if even if I did like skateboarding or or skiing or snowboarding, my left side of my legs and my leg on my left side is very weak. It's a lot weaker. So so knowing that as a youngster, I had to kind of really, really protect myself. And so what I mean protect myself, like I knew that if I broke my right side of my body, if I knew that if I broke my right leg or my right arm especially, I would be screwed. I would have to be in a wheelchair for at least a couple months or six weeks if you break your leg. It's probably eight weeks back then. And if I broke my right arm or my right hand, then I would not be able to do the basic essentials of cleaning myself. Because Again, because my left hand doesn't work. So along the storyline is that Unfortunately, my social platform, getting to know friends and and being involved with the community with other men and other women who are who are able-bodied, I'm kind of being left behind. And a lot of men are, and I I feel like a lot of men who are disabled, and there's not a lot of us who are disabled, we're being left behind. And we're being left behind in a in a way that that everyone is progressing. Everyone is is part of a clique, and everyone has a clique. Some people are nerds, some people are like scientists, some people are jocks, some people are are music junkies, and and that's their clique. And having no clique. And having a form of disability, you ultimately get be, you ultimately are set behind. So if you go to school, you introduce yourself to your friends and other kids. The first thing they asked me was, "What? What's wrong with your hand?" And the best answer I could give was the answer my parents would tell them, "Oh, just tell them that God created you this way." Well, that's a lie. Of course it is. So if a child has a stroke or have cerebral palsy, it's because of a lack of oxygen or mal or being malnutrition. But saying that ultimately made me a different person. Or I was a second hand person. Of course I'm different. Everyone's different. So I have to try and make friends with people that are, do not want to be my friend, who don't think I'm part of their clique, who who think that, well, yeah, we would like you to play basketball, but I, I want to win. And you, Crazy Dre, or you, Andre, cannot help my team win. And so that's a part of that social life that I was uh, distancing from or or being um or the something I would miss. I would miss that. And then the other aspect of my life was actually integrating 
with girls my age and I would be the kid that the girls would feel sorry for or girls would be like disgusted by um, be embarrassed I think embarrassed is a very good way of explaining how uh, people and women feel about someone that they like and they're too ashamed to admit it and their their excuse would be like well Andre's just so cute but he's not good looking even if I was good looking as a child if you have that deformity and you need you don't look like the rest of your crew or rest of the classmates you're going to put be in the you're basically going to be put in a little bus subconsciously and physically and this is where people need to really understand this is why i created this podcast and this is why I created this first podcast. It's because I need people to really hear this out. I need other people who are disabled, who, especially men who are physically disabled, who are born this way, to understand that they're not alone. They're just not. And part of this podcast is finding a solution to our problems how do we integrate with people how do we get accepted to to parties or 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 to a friend's house or um integrate with women that 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 person is interested in and i think a lot of people would assume that i would be better off in a distance like hands down i'm not it's really it's really difficult to explain this to people who are not disabled because people who are not disabled they know you think that you're a great person you're great oh you're nice or you're sociable um they try to pump you up and say that that God created you this way. God gives you challenges. This is your challenge in life. And and they give you really bad, bad feedback on relationships as well. They'll tell you like, hey, hey, you should date a girl with a disability. And... And that makes sense. Just like people would say, well, only black people should date black people. And only white people should wait, date white people. And only Latinos should date Latinos and Asians. So on and so forth. But putting people who are disability in a pool with other people with a disability, your assumption is that that girl is into disabled men and you're supposed to be into disabled women. Now, I get it. No one's perfect. No one can look like a model or a super athlete. It comes and goes. It's all about the personality. Can a girl make you 
uh, feel good inside? Can you make the girl happy and laugh and excited and, and so on and so forth? That's how relationships first beget. Physical attraction is very important in the beginning. You have to know that the girl likes you in order for you to create any type of confidence. And people would say, well, you got to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. But people don't realize that. Women don't go out to clubs and do bars and to socialize to look, pick up the first disabled man that they see, regardless if he's good looking or not. They just don't. And disabled men, we don't go out and say, hey, you know what? I don't want that girl with nice wide hips and pretty face and nice big boobs. And thick ass. No, I want a girl who is disabled like me. People don't think that way. They don't. People that are objectively putting what women should be in the sense of the way I describe it, that's not really normal. It's just our subconscious that we think about when we go out. We don't actually go up to a girl and say, hey, I like, I like your curves. Unless you are a true player. Unless you got, unless you're the guy that can spit game and back it up, then you would say stuff like that. But well, I would say, back in the '90s, back in the 2000s, maybe. But you know, when I listened to hip hop music back in the '80s, yes, that's how people described the women that they were attracted to. You know, but. Coming, let's let's go back to what I'm talking about. So, when people say try and try and try again, it's about confidence. And you can try a hundred times, and if girl, if women reject you a hundred times in a row, you're going to end up stop trying on a consistent basis, or not so much stop trying, but you'll just have more of a hesitation. To go up to a girl that you like. Or a girl like, oh, she's kind of cute. You know, simple things like that. And the older that you get, the more likely that you're going to be alone. Is because women grow out of that age. Uh, the, out of that age group. When women get to like 25, 27 years old now, 28. They're already thinking about getting married and having kids. And and they look at their their prudential mates and you know it's a it's a weird thing to say that the order you get the order that i am you know you see women that you are attracted to but now you have to think about hmm wow is this girl way too young for me or what and does this make me out to be a creep and that's another thing that people don't understand like men who are disabled we unintentionally Look and act like creeps. There's no way around it. There's no way of putting it. And it's not like we can always be funny and silly. and Because it only works on certain people and certain women who are comfortable with their bodies and their mindsets. But you have to understand that if you like a girl... And you're kind of trying to spit a game. I don't. I don't even know if people 
even use that term anymore. Sure, they don't. And let's say she kind of starts talking to you, and then her friend sitting next to her looks at you and and thinks back in her mind like, nope, this guy is not going to hook up with my girlfriend because she deserves better than this, me. And that's always going to be an issue. Third party. So when I say that men with who are born with disability, people have a assumption that we're creeps, that we're disturbing. Because men with disability, or who look with a disability, you're not supposed to be sexual. You're not supposed to have any say in what you want in a in a spouse or a girlfriend or a one night stand. You're a dirty person. And you don't have even have to be old. I'm talking about people who are like I mean, there's probably a bunch of kids out there who are twenty two, twenty three years old who, you know, they go out with their friends and their friends like, Yeah man, we're just gonna go out and get drunk and hook up with some girls. Well, you are. You, his friends are, but he's not because most of those girls are going to look at him like, no, not happening. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you, this is not going to happen. And it is going to, I'm going to say this, it is very strong-minded for a man with a disability to hold his tongue and to restrain himself from saying stuff that in most cases for most men is not inappropriate. So if a guy who likes a girl who's an able-bodied man who likes a girl who's able-bodied herself he says, damn girl, I dream about you every night and make up something like, man, I wish you could have my babies. Right? Well, men with disability, we can't really spit game like that unless the girl is in a really good mood and she has a really great sense of humor. But if you say that to the wrong girl, that in itself could be sexual harassment. And a lot of your friends are going to look at you and say, dude, do you pissed her off? And now we're fucked because her friends aren't going to talk to us no more because you creeped that girl out. And, and, and that's the thing that, but you know, I mean, you, you, men with disability, we can't really spit game the way that we want to. And we can't really approach women the way that we really want to because it just looks weird. Like what I said before, men with a disability are not supposed to think about sex. We're not even supposed to be thinking about procreating something from a woman to have his baby. Because if you're a disabled man and you're not super intelligent with a good job, she's going to freak out and say, oops, 
you pregnant me. I had a lot of fun with you, but this is not going to happen. It is called plan B or abortion. And then, then everything goes downhill because you thought you had a great chance to be involved with a woman who actually liked you and it goes 180. And then the real reason that is is because she now is afraid that my kids are going to be disabled. My babies are going to be somewhat physically disabled or mentally disabled. My life is over because this guy is not able to support me and my kids. And yes, I'm talking kind of old school how it used to be, how about men should be primarily supporting the women in a good situation. There are cases where women are supporting men because in that relationship, the woman is a lot smarter than the guy intellectually. So she's able to make six figures, and he's only making about five figures. So if she's able to make $120,000 a year, and the guy is only able to make about $40,000 a year, and I'm using myself as an example, then it would make sense that she would support the family. But in reality, if she got sick, then the guy would take over the financial background. That's how it should be. Like, it's not always, it's, a, it's kind of like an unspoken law for all male species that men are technically are supposed to support their family and they're not supposed to care if their wife makes more money than he does. But if she gets sick or gets hurt or something happens, he can step in and do the rest of the work. Not saying that not saying that it's not possible, but it's just an unspoken law. And a lot of people really try really try to ignore that ideology. So when so if someone like me decided to be in a relationship and she and I are having a good time and we're dating for about six months, and then, oops, she's pregnant. Either she'd be a really great sport, and like, oh, we're going to make this work, or she's going to be like, uh-oh, you know, you're a lot of fun, and I really like you, but you're not marriage, uh, or you're not marriage material, or you're not, having kids material and women think that way and it's not their fault they're hardwired to think that way just like most men are hardwired to think a certain way you just got to learn where the line is and how to respect that line so i want people to really understand that that being a a person who was born with a disability it's really not fun it's really a lot of work you have to be really independent you have to stand alone a lot and when I mean stand alone like 
there's no one there for you to to back you up. Yeah, occasionally you could have a couple of friends show up and say, hey man, it's okay. But you don't ever create great relationships with the opposite sex that can form into a long-term relationship that she becomes your supporting cast and you become her supporting cast. And I think I think that's how I'm going to start this podcast, just that introduction. And I just really want people out there who are especially men or women who are disabled from birth to really to really understand that. I really do. And I think sharing these stories and having people out there that are, who are well maybe listen to this podcast, I hope they have more confidence than I do. And if you are in your 20s and you are a disabled man with a little limp or a little messed up arm or maybe you're in a wheelchair, I want to give you that confidence to go up to a girl that you like and ask her on a date. Because now everyone's using Uber or Lyft. There's no that old school. You get in a car. You open the door for her. You close the door for her. You get on your side. You know that that still exists. But it's not. It's not the main course. It's not the way it goes. Right. So. I. I will be talking about this a little bit more. But I will be talking about some things about politics or some things about like what I like to talk about sports or what my theories about life itself. And I mean, it's not always going to be about disability because I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to be sitting here every day and saying, well, in trying to feel sorry for myself because that can be, get a very, very boring episodes and then no one's going to listen to you anyways because who's going to hear your sob story over and over again so saying that i hope everybody enjoys this part of this podcast and uh till then i'll see you again from from crazy dre or aka crazy crocky aka Andre, that's who I am. So, I hope you like it. Uh, if it's not for you, if you know somebody that's disabled and they need support, have them listen to me. Because uh, hopefully I give them some some uh, confidence or some sort or some uh, coexistence of what reality is. All right, take care. Have a good night or day, depending on what time you do listen to this.